Hi everybody. It's been a while. If I click it, I pin it. Hold on. Welcome. I don't see how to pin it. Okay. Hi everybody. <laughs> One time. Sorry, I'm just trying to figure out how to pin the name. I can't figure it out. Okay. Welcome everybody. We are at Fabringable Studios. Um, I already see Charlene is here. Charlene, you actually did a class here already before. Hold on one second. Let me get her on. Welcome. Did that work? Ah, she's in. Hi, <laughs> My rabbit's in. How are you? Barbara, I was just saying that, like, I'm at the studio now for the first time, but you've been here before. I mean, I've been here, but I've never recorded anything. It's the coolest studio slash hangout slash office I've ever seen in my life. Why would anybody leave there and go home? I'm like, I don't, I feel like I'm in spas. I feel like I see all the music here. It's amazing. They have a Pac-Man machine. It's like, the best. It's amazing. How are you? Good, Marcus. You look gorgeous. Oh, thank you. You look like you I had just, a Shabbat nap. I, oh, I did. <laughs> I really did. I know. Everybody knows me that I'm such a napper. They make so much fun of me. By the way, talking about happiness, like one of the things that really makes me happy is a good nap. Um, but I actually, yeah, I had a good one this morning, look, early. What about you, look, though? No. Do you nap on Shabbos? No? It's not a thing? You, I sometimes see. I do. Today was not one of those days, but that's okay, because check it out. Well, uh, oh, you have coffee. Oh, I already had two, so I'm going to go. I actually have... Here at the studio, they don't have any wine, but they had Perrier's. So okay, Yako just work. hooked that up. Yeah, that's that'll okay. Work. Yes. Hey, okay. I am so excited about this because I think the the world needs a dose of simcha. And mm -hmm. we are in the in the month of Adar. It's a double, it's a double header this year. So we have normally we have 30 days of Adar. This year we have 60 days of Adar. I know. We're so, so lucky. Excited. Also, by the way, like I was thinking if firm was Tuesday. I did get my thank you Hashem like costumes ready, but like I would not be ready yet. Like I, I, I needed like some time, so totally. I'm very grateful. Totally. <laughs> so you you are the you are the moderator. You're going to lead this class. <laughs> I'm I'm going to be the star student who's going to chime in. <laughs> okay. So when I, I, we had booked this, by the way, just everybody knows that Charlene is so busy. This was like probably three months ago that I have it. Yes, it's going to be saved. I see people asking. So we booked this like literally three months ago. And now that I, it's finally come, I'm like, I can't believe time is going very fast. But as we were getting closer, I was really thinking like, what's our topic? What are we going to talk about? And for me, just being in Adar, I know that it's just the first Adar, but we're coming into soon is going to be the second Adar. I really felt like I wanted to talk about happiness and not just like in a simple way, like, oh, we have to be happy, be happy, 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 right? Like, that's not what it is. Like, I really wanted to be able to find techniques on how to bring happiness into our lives and to streamline it into our home. And I know we say like, Misha Nechnas Adar, Marvin Masimcha, like as we're getting into Adar, we need to feel it. Um, and one of the things I was just speaking with Charlene on Friday, one of the things I was saying that, you know, when it comes to Purim and when it comes to Adar, we don't usually find in the Torah that it tells us how we need to feel. But at, in the Megillah itself, it actually says that there were times when the Jewish people were sad and then there were times when the Jewish people were happy. So like in the first, in the beginning, when the Jewish people was decreed what was going to happen, it says that they tore their clothing and then we start to read the Megillah in the tune of Echa 
And we kind of feel this like somber feeling. Like whenever I hear Echa, the tune of Echa, it just makes it's you sad. Like it brings haunting. me back to like, it brings me back to like my sleepaway camp days when like we were reading Echa and like we really oh felt God. it. And it's so sad. And then later on in the Megillah, it says, Lehudem haisa ora So Nikarda, the Jewish people felt happy. And it's not like the Torah is like a mental health book or anything, you know, like with the Megillah, where it's like, oh, there are times when you should feel sad and there are times when you should feel happy. But here we have like the Torah kind of telling us, the Megillah is kind of telling us, like, you have to be happy. So it's like, even if I'm in a slum, the Torah is telling me I have to feel a certain way. So how do I access that? And for anybody who knows Charlene, Charlene is just the happiest person, oh, always happy, always smiling. And I myself just want to know how to channel that because like, I'm not, I'm that kind of person who I try to be happy. Sometimes right. Instagram looks happy, but then like sometimes I'm in the car and I'm like, this is not happy, right? right. right. Um, so I felt like this is something that I really wanted to talk about because I want to prepare for Perm. Like when it comes to any young tiff, like or to anything that we're dealing with, you want to come prepped. Like on Sunday, I meal prep, right? So like, how do I prep for Purim with Simcha? And I think that now that we have like a nice amount of time, we have like a month, right. so we get to practice it. So I think this is something I wanted to talk about. I love, um, it. I love it. And we were talking about how, I was saying how for me, Purim is actually a very Balagan day. What do I mean? I'm a hardcore davener. I'm obsessed with davening. I'm immersed in tefillah every spare moment that I get. So when I know that the koach of Purim is to daven our hearts out, and it's such a powerful day for tefillah that Yom Kippur is likened to the power right. of Purim. That's why it's called Yom HaKippurim. It's the day that's like Purim. So when we think... And we're, you know, when we're in shul on Yom Kippur, it's like the whole world stands still and it's just us and our creator. And we are crying and begging and beseeching of Hashem for all of our needs, all of our wants. But then we're told that Purim is even greater than that. I know, right? But that, <laughs> but that almost gets lost in the balagan of the day, in the costumes and the sugar rushes and the mishloach manos deliveries. And like missing all the friends. Like for me, it's like, I need a car wash the day after Purim. Cause I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm like eating 100%. all my kids' shawls manos. Like my kid, I'm like, what you got? Let me see what you got. Like, right. So <laughs> pass it out to mommy while I'm driving, you know? You say car wash, like I need to get my car detailed after <laughs> Purim. It's like, like, like smeared peanut butter <laughs> and like poured grape juice. It's a disaster. Right. But I feel like, we need to just take it back to basics. And we, as the moms, as the, as the woman who really runs the home, we need to make sure that we get an ample amount of tefillah done before the craziness begins. Mm -hmm. I set my alarm on Purim day. My, my normal alarm is set to 6.13 a.m. Right. Are why you not? This? Right. <laughs> but on Purim, I wake up way early in the morning. Um, oh my gosh, Jonathan, Jonathan so wants awkward. coffee with you. <laughs> Stop. You know why? I'm going to say this. Are you there? Because Nebuch, he's been trying to book me for brunch. <laughs> he has to book you. I promise you. And I don't have time for him. I'm so sorry. I promise you after this, I'm going to open my calendar and I'm going to make time for you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Sorry, guys. You can all ignore him. Just ignore right. Him. It's okay. Anyway. No, at least he's watching. He's watching, he's, right? Yeah. I'm sure everyone else is here. Okay. Fine. So, so ladies, before, if you walk away now, let's say like the kids start crying or your phones ring or whatever happens and you have to exit, remember this, get up extra early Purim day 
before the, the craziness sets in and just dive into Hashem. How do you dive in? Literally just open your mouth and talk to Hashem with your own words. If you're a sitter daviner, dive from your sitter. If you're a Tehillim sayer, if you're a Perak Shira person, a Nishma person, whatever you can, get that out of the way early in the morning so that the rest of the day you can succumb to the craziness, but at least you know that you got your one-on-one -on -one DMC with Hashem and then let the craziness begin. It's so funny that you're saying that because like you're saying if you're a Tehillim person, if you're a, like a like a sitter person. So I always say like if you're an uh, like an aisle person, like everybody knows me, I go to the aisle. I saw I went last year. I think that maybe the second year, this will be my third year where I went, got up early in the morning, also like four o'clock in the morning and I went to the aisle, which is like 15 minutes from my house. So for me, it's super easy. That's so and I dive in chakras there and I was like, okay, that's it. Like I only had to do that. And then like my whole perm is done. So exactly. if you're a Tehillim person, if you're an aisle person, wherever you are, just whatever find that time on perm. Right. I know. Even, even, you know, that on perm, one of the main mitzvot is matanot le'evyonim. And what we hear on that is kol haposhet yad notnimlo, which really means no matter who or what asks for tzedakah, whether it's a, a, a pauper or someone on the street or somebody knocking on your door or whomever, if they ask for tzedakah on Purim, you should give them, you must give them. But right. so too, Hashem is our father in heaven. So if we open our hands to Hashem, kol haposhet yad notnimlo, Hashem oh, wow. will, right? That. It's amazing. Right? It's wow. like we are needy of Hashem's brachot. We're needy of Hashem's rachamim. We're needy of Hashem's intervention in our lives. So if on Purim, we know that anyone who reaches out their hand to us, we must give. So too with Hashem. Pour right. your hearts out to Hashem. As you're driving to and from deliveries, just Hashem, please watch over my family. Bless my children with X, Y, and Z. We could make it so easy to connect on Purim. But don't let the day go by without really honing in on the power of Tila. Right. It's so funny because last year I was also like nervous about Purim because it was on a Friday. So I was like, oh my gosh, it's so short. But it ended up being so like so nice that it went from like Purim right into Shabbos. I thought it right. was like fascinating. We never I had also it loved before. it. Like, I mean, right. we had it, but I don't remember it. In recent years. years. No, I remember. Right. I remember, I remember that it was one like year. so nice to go into the Shabbos meal, but like I'm also always excited like for Purim in general. But it's it's interesting that you're saying this whole thing about like how it's like into Yom Kippur, but it's even higher. And we think like, it doesn't make sense. Like how could this be such a high day when it's like filled with all this Balagan? Um, so I heard something interesting. I'm like, like I said, I'm trying to meal prep for, for, for me, like meal prep for Purim. Um, <laughs> John, I'm sorry. Really Guys, can someone take daddy's phone away from him? That, he's making me happy. It's okay. Yeah, he, he, by he brings a lot of simcha to my life also. But you know what it is? It's been, yeah. it's been a few weeks. I had a very hectic schedule the past few weeks with like meetings and work and business and flying and everything. You've been in Florida. Right. It's been a few weeks that he's like, can I book an appointment with you? And I'm like, okay, okay, stop. Jonathan, turn off your phone. <laughs> No, Sorry. it's fine. It's really, it is. It's bringing me simple. <laughs> this is what makes me happy. Um, but so I was thinking about some things about Purim. So like it was saying like, oh, we have to, we have to be happy on this day. So I was like, how do I be happy? How do I be happy? So like, I try to think of things that like, if you think, and this is like my go-to whenever it comes to learning, like whenever you want to understand happiness, you really need to understand the opposite, which is sadness. So like, if you want to understand light, you have to understand darkness, right? So if you want to understand happiness, like which I'm trying, we're all trying to figure out how to, even though this background, this wall is making me very happy. It's very joyous. <laughs> it's, it's very joy. I have this like big smile plastered on my face. 
um, he was, um, Rabbi Yassi was explaining that if you want to understand happiness, you have to understand sadness. And like the first time that we ever really learn about sadness, like the word itzavon is all the way back in the, in Gan Eden, right? In the Garden of Eden, that the, the, the Nachash made Adam and Chava, they ended up eating from the tree. And then it said the itzavon and all of a sudden sadness came down to the world and death came to the world and they're going to live now with sadness. And they're going to have pain and they're going to struggle. And when they, the Parnassah is going to be a struggle and having Wet babies is going to be a trouble. Yeah. Right? So, and by the way, like it's, when I remember like learning this all the time when I was a kid, like Haman min HaTorah Minayin. Like where do we know, right? So right. it's like, my Yaakov education is coming in <laughs> strong. Um, right? Hamin HaEitz, because he ate from the tree, right? So Haman, where's the root of Haman? Haman is from the, from the Eitz of us. Like when we originally first ate from the tree, we made a mistake and we brought real sadness. We brought death into this world. And to think that death is really what sadness is and life represents movement, it makes you think like, okay, why Fabringable and why all these happiness things make you happy? Because when, when there's this sadness when there's like this depression when it settles in there's this lack of movement right. and then you you even feel like like depressed people just feel sadder they feel heavier you feel like you can't yes. do anything right so like one of the things that we were saying is like doing exercise like getting up i see my actually one of my coworkers are here and every single day we started going for walks at work it's even though my day is long and we're supposed to like just use it for our lunch break we get up take our masks off and we like put on our coats and we just go for a walk. And that movement already makes me for, feel more alive. Just like sitting there and the sadness like brings you down. So that was like one of the things I was thinking like, okay, that's an element to make me happy. Like movement. Me too. I'm sure you have, I'm sure Charlene has dance parties in her house. And oh, music. <laughs> so I'll tell you what you, it's, we're so, we're so in sync because for me, I, I, Baruch Hashem, I'm, I'm a very optimistic person. I'm generally 99.999% of the time the simcha, but I've worked on myself. I'm, I'm 40. It's 40 years that I'm constantly forcing myself to always be with simcha, to build my bulletproof emunah, to always be in, in a mood where people want to be around you. But there are times. But that's why. That's why people have to book you, because people want to be around you all the time. People want <laughs> to spend time with you because you're... You're, you're like, you exude it. Like you, you just, you give it off and that's who you are. Every, I, when I, I pick up the phone, like to talk to you, you're like, hello. I'm like, Tara Chavez, like, well, why are you so happy? But you, you are. I, I can't, I don't, I don't vibe well with like heaviness and drama and like toxic. I'm just like, yalla, yalla, it's all good. Yalla, let's move, let's dance. <laughs> but what you were saying about like what I do to put myself in a better mood, let's say on the days that like I have to take my mom to Sloan or on the days that we're awaiting results or like just stuff is a little funky. I get into funks. I get into these like moods where I'm not so chatty. I'm a little bit quiet. I'm a little bit out of it. Those are the times where what I do to put myself in a better mood, first and foremost, I say to Hillim, because I feel like once I say to Hillim, it, it opens up the channels for me to get what I really want. And then my go-to is I blast music. I'm a big Israeli music person. <laughs> I'm not so, I hate this. I don't love, love like nigging music. It kind of gets me depressed, but like, okay, oh my God, I hear that. Some, Bring some right. like really hot Israeli music. I will blast it in my kitchen. And you just like get up and you start moving. You just like pull everybody in. I pull my housekeeper in. I pull my kids in. And everyone's like, what? And I'm like, that is how I snap out of my funk. If my husband were here, which I'm sure he's going to comment, he would say, Shar also does retail therapy to, <laughs> to be know. in a good mood. 
which is definitely true. But Mishma, like that's definitely like Torah beast. Like, yes, right? It but, says in the Gemara that before guns, if you're supposed to buy yourself something happy and it, even physical things. So I know right. retail therapy makes me very happy. Retail therapy definitely works. I promise you it is, re it is a right. legit thing. Um, and also, yes, Naftali, Nishmas also. It's all about, all about happiness and all about gratitude. But I want to share something with you that my husband actually showed me. Um, I was sitting with him a little while back and I was putting together a shear that I had to give on Simcha because of Adar. And he said, you know, because he's uh, the head of Great Nakatsala, he was like, honey, I have the best mashal. He's like, when we, lo alinu, when, when a patient codes and they have to defib, they have to shock the patient. He's like, when you look at the EKG, if the right. EKG monitor is up and down and up and down, the person's alive. If right. it flatlines, the person's gone. So right. I think that's part of life. Life is all about ups and downs, but as long as there's movement, <laughs> you're alive. Right. You're alive. Right. You don't want to be still. When you're in a bad mood, don't be still. Get right. up, jump around, do something, go for a walk, put on music, go shopping. It's funny though that you're saying that like a niggin makes you like a little sad because I recently started this was like also over COVID, like started doing yoga and meditation and I love it. But there's also like a certain amount where I'm like, I, I think I need to move. Like I'm always the one, like even when you're meditating and closing your eyes, I'm always like, am I the only one with my eyes closed? Like is everybody with their eyes closed? But I can like for sure movement like helps change or whatever. But like there are those times where it has to be down. So the movement is that up and down, which is an amazing, amazing muscle. Right. Exactly. Um, so I was like learning just also a little bit more about this concept of how joy and happiness is about life and like death is like sadness. And if you think about like, like a little bit, I guess I'm sure probably they talk about this also in Hatzalah, where like when something is broken down, that's where death comes in, right? Like where everything's working in sync and as a whole and everything is working properly, then everything there is right. Everything is whole. Everything is simple. Everything is one. As soon as something from the outside enters into that simplicity and breaks it up and makes it like makes it into pieces, different pieces, that's where the breaking down and that's where death, physical things right. happen also. And right. the truth is it happens emotionally also. Like sometimes I think about it when you're totally Zen and when you're complete and when you're away from everything and you feel whole, you feel good. And then when your day is just like a bunch of scattered different pieces, doctor's appointments and running around and everything, that's where it's broken down. That would not be like in, in Hebrew, the terminology that like the Maharal explains it is that there's two types of there's two forms on two different ways of people that how they well how they interact with other people and how they also feel on a regular day and he explains that it's pashtas which is simplicity where everything is just one whole zen perfection and then there's also something called harkava where it's separation and dissonance and things broken down and like i always say like we for sure live in harkava <laughs> like me and you we for sure do we're like wake up in the morning and then we're ready to go do something else but we're on the phone with somebody else and you don't go to sleep till two o'clock in the morning because you're on the phone with hong kong then you wake up at 6 13 right so there's like all these different moving parts and all these moving parts even though sometimes they're good sometimes that's what causes us to break down like i'll find myself like such an emotional mess and it's because i need to i need to feel whole again so it's like living in the city like living in new york is definitely like harkava it's confusion it's noise it's it's loud right as opposed to like going, maybe, well, not for you going to Miami, because in Miami, you're also very busy and like meeting all your people. But when you go away, let's say on the island, right? And you go there for, you go, let's say even for a week, right? And you feel this like pastos, you feel simple. You feel like, oh, I got this, right? Or you take your drink and you relax and you can sit. 
that's amazing. But the truth is that like, I don't know, how long could you be on an island for? <laughs> Maybe you could be there for a long time, right? No, not. No. You can't, right? Yeah, no way. like, no matter what, like, our body craves to be busy, but it right. also craves that, that quietness and that stillness. So at any given moment, being broken down to a million pieces can be sad, but also feeling a million different pieces could also make you feel whole. So right. like, even though we say like opposites are what make you sad, opposites, let's say like your body is whole, but like a virus comes in and breaks it down, that's the breaking down of things, that's bad. But also opposites can bring you a lot of joy, right? Like on a hot day, you want a cold drink, right? Like on a cold day, you just want something to warm you up. So it's like interesting, and this the Maharal explains that like the same thing that can cause you to be sad, where everything feels like it's a million different pieces, could also cause you to be happy because when you do it in sync, when you do it together, it can really make you feel whole. And I thought it was like so fascinating to think that like, just for us, if you take all those million pieces and you can bring it together in a whole properly and like put it onto your shoulders and carry it, like take all your baggage and all your little pieces and bring it together as one, that's what would really bring happiness. Like he explains that, and I'm, tell me if I'm like not sure if I'm not making sense, but like the idea of what you were saying about, let's say if you're a Tehillim person, if you're a Nishmas person, when you humble yourself before Hashem and you say, I have all this stuff and I have all this baggage and everything that I have and I'm putting it together as a whole and I'm kind of telling you like Hashem, I want to make all these little pieces feel whole again. That's what really, really brings joy. So like, yes, there's retail therapy and yes, I will talk about like other techniques like, you know, just having gratitude on a daily basis and music and dancing. But ultimately, we're going to feel sad if we don't feel that everything in our life has meaning and has purpose. Yes. And if everything just feels like a bunch of little pieces, we're never going to feel whole. But if we can pull all those little pieces together as a whole and say, Hashem, there has to be a bigger purpose, there has to be bigger meaning, that is what is going to bring you joy. And I think at the root of it, for me, what I'm realizing is like, a lot of humility will bring me joy. You know, like being totally like I'm in your hands, Hashem, is what is going to make me happy. Like right. you like empty it out and you let it go. It's like, how could you not be happy? You're like, I'm just an extension of like everything Hashem is doing, right? Exactly. That surrendering to Hashem, I feel like is also what pulls everything together. Because for example, I, I was giving this example. I gave a shir about this. Right now, we're all, every person that's listening on right now also, this applies to every one of us. We're all living in really challenging, dark times. We're, you know, it's, it's this, the days before Mashiach, these are the birth pangs of Mashiach. Sadiqim, Gedolim, Galore have confirmed that this is definitely, right before Mashiach comes, someone even said we could even smell him. Right. What happens right now is that we're all living, it's almost like a jigsaw puzzle that is just scattered and thrown all over the table. And when you look at each individual piece, it's dark and it makes no sense and it's broken and there's, it, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no weaving, there's nothing, there's no pattern. It's just all scattered. And then when you start to say, Hashem, I don't get it. I don't get what's going on in my world. I don't get what's going on in, in, in this universe, but I trust you. I, I trust you. I'm your servant. Your will is my will. When we reach that point, then Hashem starts to slowly, slowly bring all of these pieces together until it creates a gorgeous picture that we cannot see yet from this angle, 
Ezra Hashem soon, when we've achieved that bitachon and emunah, that we know Hashem is running the world, that is when Hashem brings the picture together. And Ezra Hashem, that is when we receive whatever personal Yeshuot or hopefully Geula as a whole. But I think that what you're saying is 100% how I deal with my darkness. I say, Hashem, I don't get it. I don't at all understand what is going on. But if you think that this is right for me, how can I be upset? How can I be, how can I question you? You know better than I know. You know best what I don't know. So bring the pieces together. So I started to think together. like, if like, let's say we're the same, we're, we're, we're cut from the same cloth. I'm like, we're in the same, like in the Shama circle, right? Of people who like to be busy and doing things like, and we always want the new and the next and, and, and being involved in things. I think that sometimes like your Avodah Hashem could almost seem boring. It's like, oh, this is the same you know, Shmona Esrei, the same Shachras Menchamar, the same Nishmas. But if you start to realize that everything is really from Hashem, then it kind of brings excitement. It's like, right. oh, Hashem wants to see how I'm going to react in traffic? Oh, that's why you put me in traffic, right? <laughs> or Hashem, right? So it's like, it makes it exciting. It's like, okay, now I'm in a situation where I have like, a kid who's calling me that needs to go to the doctor's office, but like, I'm also at work. So like, how do I get them a ride? So really, like, I could just stress out and be like, oh, this is a new test. Like, I never had this before, right? Okay. Or it could be something more serious. I'm just giving silly examples because I don't want to get sad. But like, it could be more extreme examples. Like Hashem puts me in this situation with a child who's not well or a parent who's not well. And it's okay. like, how do I, how could you tell me that I'm supposed to be happy here? But if you're telling me that I'm just, if I'm like humble enough to say that everything really, I'm just an extension of you here in this world, then it has to be. Like, I think of like David HaMelech, right? The whole Tehillim, and like you're saying this, like the whole Tehillim, I mean, David Amalek, if anybody had a hard life, like yeah. it was him. He First endured of all, he, every test in the world. To every test in the world. Tehillim. Yet every single one of his Tehillim is Ms. Marla's Avid. It's like a song and he's writing music and he's taking out his harp and he's being in a better mood and he's happy. Like, how does that make sense? His son is trying to kill him. His like, you know, Shaul's trying to kill him. This was trying, everyone's rebelling and people are cursing him out. Like, you know, like, oh, this one came to punish him and this one came. And I'm like, he's living in Iraq. He's hiding my way. Yeah. And yet he's finding ways to sing songs. So it doesn't even make sense. But it's because he's recognizing every moment. He's like, listen, I didn't even have a life. Like I only was, I was not even supposed to live an hour, but I got extra life from Hashem. And it's like, okay, so now how am I going to do this? And he's one of the... I don't know if we could say he's the happiest person. I don't know. We, we weren't there in that time. But what he's produced has allowed us and brought us closer, you know. I, to... I think also when you, when you look at the Pasuk of that, we, we associate Adar with Misha Nichnas Adar Marvin Besimcha. It really means, like when, when we were growing up, we automatically thought it means that when Adar enters, we increase in joy. But as adults, I think we realize that it could also mean he who forces himself with happiness to enter Adar, Marvin Besimcha. We have to nichnas. We have to decide, I'm going to be happy. Happiness is a state of mind. You can, there was a beautiful story about, um, I, I'm so bad with quoting the Rebbeim because <laughs> I read all these fascinating stories and I never know which Rav said which story, but there was a story. I know. About, you say a great rabbi. <laughs> a Chazal tell us. Chazal, right. It's Chazal. Chazal rocks. Okay, Chazal are the best. So Chazal tell us that there was a story about two men who each received 10,000 rubles in one day. 
The first person was miserable, devastated, depressed. The second person was elated, thrilled. The first one was a multi, multi-millionaire, very wealthy businessman. And for him to receive 10,000 rubles in one day was far beneath what he was used to receiving. So for him, it was devastating. But for the pauper, he received the same amount, but to him, it was the greatest thing in the world. So we, we it's all a matter of perspective. It's, a, it's how we look at the things. If you want to look at your life as a sad, hard, difficult life, then you're not going to be happy with even 10,000 10, rubles. But if you're going to look at your life as, I'm going to make the, the best of everything. I'm going to be besimcha, and everything that happens to me is for the good, is latoba, it's because Hashem wants it. You will always find joy in everything. 10,000 rubles will be like an amazing bonus to your life, not something that makes you sad. So, mishen michnas adar, who wants to enter adar in a happy state of mind, Will, will be overflowing with joy for the whole month. But he who right. decides he's going to enter with a negative eye or just a, in a bitter mood, you might not see that joy throughout the month. Right. It's a funny thing that you're saying because it's, it's, it's a state of mind. It's not like a state of where they are. Like so totally. many times I feel like, Tell us a story. Get away to be happy. Like you have everyone... to say the story of Rav Zusha. You said it to me yesterday. Oh yes, yes, the, the story of Rav Zusha. No, so like I always think, and I I like to go away. I like to go on vacation. Everybody, anybody who knows me is always like, hey, hey, you just live from vacation to vacation. Like I'm just like, oh, I'm off this day. I, I work for the board of ed, so it's like, oh, lunar Chinese New Year. Okay, we could go off. Martin Luther King. Like I love all these like legal holidays. President's right. Day. Like <laughs> I'm there. So I'm always booking flights just to Miami, just back and forth. And I feel like if I'm there, then I'm happy, right? Like here at work, maybe I'm not, but I always feel like I have to go there. And it's a reminder, like what you're saying now is that it really is in the state of mind. So I heard this story, which reminded me of what you were saying, um, where uh, there, was a, there was a chassid and he went to his Rebbe, who was the Magad in Mezrich. And by the way, also, if it's a Hasidic story, you could always just say the Magad and just say like, really mouth and, Lucia, and like, <laughs> yeah. you're fine. Cause they're in like every story. So and actually, it's a good thing that we're saying stories because there is an Indian to say stories of tzaddikim on Matzah Shabbos. On Matzah Shabbos, right? So right, guys, which they started doing. You're getting so much entertainment and it's tochen and it is giving you <laughs> so spiritual funny. homework. This is the best. <laughs> right. So there's, so he came to his, his rabbi, the Magid, and he said, you know, I'm having a very hard time. I'm struggling and I really want to know how I'm supposed to be happy. You know, the Torah tells us that you're supposed to, you're supposed to thank Hashem when you have good things and you're supposed to also thank Hashem when you have bad things. But how can you thank Hashem when something bad happens? Although we do know this concept of like saying Baruch Dayan MS when somebody passes away, but how can I fully be grateful when something bad happens? So the Magid told him, you know, I... I hear your question, and it's an excellent question. I don't have the answer, but one of my students, if you travel to him, Reb Zusha, he will have the answer for you. So I'm gonna tell you how to get to his house, and you should go there, and he went on his horse and buggy, and he traveled, and when he got there, he was like so confused. He was like checking ways, and he's like, mm, this doesn't look like the right house of somebody who would have the answer as to why to be happy, because his house was a shack, and it was like a hut, and it was decrepit, and it, it just didn't make sense. But he's like, listen, if the Rebbe sent me here, I have to go. So he goes, and he knocks on the door, and he literally like almost breaks the door just by knocking on it. And he walks in, and Reb Zusha comes out, and he's like, oh, Reb Yid, where are you coming from? Sit down. Can I get you a drink? And he like opens up his cabinet, and he takes out this like broken glass and he pours him some water and it's like he sits him down and he's like okay so what do you hear what do you want to ask me and he's like looking around at this place that has not you know been updated in 20 years 
30 years and he has no money and he's clearly a pauper, but he's like so confused. And he's like, I don't know, the Magid told me I should come here. I had a question. And he's like, sure, what's your question? And he said, I want to know, how am I supposed to thank Hashem for the bad? And I just looked at him and he like looks around his apartment and his house, his hut. And he's like, you know, that's a very good question, but I don't understand why the Rebbe would send you here because I don't have anything bad in my life. And then the Yid was like, okay, obviously, like he sent me to the right house because this is a person who in his state of mind, he doesn't see anything wrong. And like, we're so hooked up on like, we have to do this and we have to do this. And we hit this milestone and we're in this place. And if I can vacation here and if I can have all this and if I can have whatever I need, you know, like we said, resale therapy, whatever I could have, that will make me happy. It can't be because those things are so fleeting. Those things will, will pass. That dress is going to be out of season and those shoes are not going to fit you anymore. And whatever it is, those things are not going to last forever, but something that will last forever is something internal. If you can yourself get to the place where you recognize you're in a state of happiness, that's really what would like bring you the most happiness. So yeah, so that's Love very it. important. Best story. That's such a great story. It's, <laughs> a, it's a good reminder to all of us. Don't look at what you lack. Look at what you have. Look at what you're blessed with. You know, like we're all, sometimes we get into this self-pity party where we're like, but I haven't gone on a vacation. No, man, so you need to help me get out of. I have that. <laughs> no, no, you don't. I'm you're so crazy. guilty of it. Here I am saying, I'm so happy, I'm so happy. And it's like this pity thing. It's like, I love to pity myself. That like, I work on Friday. I, like, I come home like a half hour before Shabbos, you know? And I'm like, every Friday, it like stirs. And I try to tell myself that it's the Yitzhahara that tries to say like, Pinky, you made it all week. And yes. now you're entering into Shabbos and the Yitzhahara is going to get you. Like he's going to oh, yeah. get you. And I'm oh, like, yeah. oh. right. So I, I think, I mean, I actually, I had, I had major, major surgery a little while back. Never even like went public with it. I just kind of like right. rode under the radar. Um, and I remember coming, and it was a seven and a half hour surgery. It was major. Baruch Hashem, I'm okay. But when I woke up from the surgery, I had a team of, of surgeons and everybody around me. And I opened my eyes and I was like, I'm, I feel great. I'm amazing. My surgeons, I hear them saying like, she's still loopy from the anesthesia. And this is going to take a while. And <laughs> I was like, like, no, no, no. What she always does. totally coherent. I'm aware of what I'm saying. I'm fine. I'm great. I'm amazing. And with that mentality, I promise you, I feel like I bypassed that harsh recovery period because I didn't let myself feel bad for myself. I was like, yeah, let's go. Life goes on. Move on. Move on. Every, everyone, everything's fine. Everything's perfect. And almost, so to add on to ways we could make ourselves happy, I would put on, fake it till you make it. Mitoch shelolishma. Balishma, even if you're in a horrible mood, dance, laugh, sing. I know my friends, whichever one of my friends are on right now, they know if I'm in a little bit of a rut, I text them, guys, spam me with your corniest memes. I love silly <laughs> memes. If Lorraine Cohen is here, I love you. She always hooks me up. Spam me with silly <laughs> memes. I just want to sit like mindless, idiotic entertainment. And it just, it just forces you to forget your sorrows for a little bit and be like, I'm good. Everything is fine. And then right. when you're like that, you really can't take yourself out of that rut and get yourself out of that funk. And before you know it, you really do feel better. So my advice to anybody who's wondering, how in the world can we really force ourselves out of the funk? Fake it till you make so you it. Make I it. Pro right. it really works. 
It really was. Right. I didn't feel awesome right out of seven and a half hour surgery. I was like, my uterus was being plugged back up to my oh, yeah. brand new ligaments. And it was like, I couldn't breathe because like all of a sudden my lungs had a new, had a new uterus <laughs> right next to it. So there was so much had more room, on. Right. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm fine. And I said it so much that I kind of convinced myself and I really, I was okay. So right. make it so you make it. Guys, right. if you want to know, okay. So so far we have retail therapy. Yes, bake it till you bake it. Music, yes. movement. music, dancing, music, right. dancing. Um, silly memes. Silly memes. The right. Go for a jog. I... Get moving. Get your body moving. Right. The exercise. It. The walking. There's like that something about it. Like also, I think release endorphins. Right, right. No, for sure. Um, so like Rabbi Nachman, I've been learning a lot of Rabbi Nachman over the last year. I want to say like February will be like a year since it's like my anniversary of becoming a breast lover. Um, I started reading one of the books, The Story of Our Lives, um, which is like one of the Rabbi Nachman stories that um, the story of the lost princess and it explains everything. And it's a lot of breast love teaching is there. And, and we know like breast love, I mean, this whole this whole studio is like set up like a breast lover, right? Would be like, just like or, happiness, right? We, when you imagine like breast lover, you imagine them dancing on the top of cars. Yeah. But for real, Rabbi Nachman teaches one of the ways and he gives a mushal of it is that if you're, let's say you're at a wedding and um, this happens to me a lot. Like I'll go to a wedding, I mean, well, not so much because I haven't gone to a lot of weddings, but like where you're there at the wedding and you're not necessarily like in the close family circle where like you get the first dance, but you're there and you're part of the wedding and like you're just standing around on the side. There's that like inner circle, right? Like the family, everybody who's matching gowns, right? And then everybody like a little bit closer and then outside there's like people just like texting or right. like, should I take, can I take my heels off yet? Like, you know, like, can I, that's always me. I'm like, I should just come in like sneakers or flats. Like there's no reason for me to wear heels. But then you see that if there are people who are standing on the outside and you slowly bring them in, as soon as they're dancing and they're moving, they become one unit, they become one full circle. And he gives this muscle that you should take all the little things. Like there's an inner circle of what's happening in your life. And then on the outside, there's all these random little pieces that are, let's say like falling apart or the things that are not making you happy. But the greatest part of Simcha is not just pushing those things out, is bringing the bad into the good. So bringing wow. the bad, all the bad parts that are happening in your life, like all the randomers that are second cousins that are not necessarily like so part of the same club, but bringing them into the circle, you can't stop. Once you start dancing, you can't stop. The music is playing. It's the second dance, right? Everybody's happy. So the greatest level of Simcha is bringing the negativity and the bad into your circle. So like sometimes I try to do that. So at work, there's a lot that happens at work, I think, because that's like where I spend most of my day. When I first started going back into work this year, I was home for 15 months from COVID. So I was working from my couch, which was like such a bracha and I think Hashem every single day for it. But then when I had to go back to the office and like, I was just like, I cannot believe I'm here. I cannot believe I'm here. And like every day I was like, I cannot believe, and it was just getting worse. And it was becoming this like, like, you know, when like negativity, like feeds off each other, like people are like, oh, it's so hot. Yeah, it's so hot. Like, yeah. <laughs> just like feeds off, like- Misery loves company. Right, misery loves company. So we started, and one of my coworkers, not even Jewish, she started with me and another one of my firm coworkers. We have gratitude every morning, and it sounds so cliche, but like, oh, it's we, what we do is we dafka pick the things that make us upset, and then we use that to find gratitude in it. So it's like, I had this awful thing, whatever happened with my daughter, but, and then we use it like to show good. So it's nice. like bringing the negativity into your gratitude, into what makes you happy, it's it's the most uplifting feeling. And then like, by the time like we're done going through three things that you're grateful for, 
we're done. Like the day is just yeah. already better. Right. So totally. it's like, I know it sounds so cliche, like writing down things, but like, I'm sure you do that. No, yeah. I, I have, tell people. I have a file, a folder on my phone mm -hmm. where every single night before I plug it in and I turn <laughs> off to go to sleep, which is like three o'clock in the morning. Do you turn off your phone? Is that like a no, thing or? Never. No, I just plug it in. I plug it in, right. side click it. That's it. Okay. It's always, <laughs> I can be contacted at four o'clock in the morning. There's never a do oh, not yeah, disturb. how you do it. Right. But I add one little thank you Hashem to my ever growing folder of thank you Hashem. It's my gratitude folder. Wow. And I started it. Actually, I didn't start it when, when Gali's incident happened. I started it when my mom was diagnosed. My very, very first thank you, Hashem, is, because is, these are the words my mom used when she spoke about, when she found out that she had cancer, she actually said, guys, get up, let's dance, and let's say, thank you, Hashem, it's just cancer. And I remember saying, mommy, that's like an oxymoron. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. How, like, it how doesn't you, get worse than that. Like, what? Right. Like, that is the wow. epitome of the, the worst possible thing that could ever happen. And she was like, no, it's just cancer. So I wrote my first opening line in my file wow. on my phone is, thank you, Hashem. It's just cancer. And from there, I build every single day. I add a little something. I add a little something. And if you go back, if you go up open it now, you're going to have to go like this for like <laughs> 20 minutes That's to right. get to the front. And anytime I'm in a bit of a funk, I go and I read it again all the way from the beginning. Just and I'm like, wow. Hashem knows what he's doing. We right. don't. Hashem knows what he's doing. So if you can't beat him, which we can't beat Hashem, right. join him. Join his will. This is what Hashem wants. And I really think that is something that every one of us has to constantly remind ourselves. Hashem knows what's best. Can't right. beat him doing them. So that, right, that goes back to like the humility thing. Like if we're humble enough to say that I don't know everything, then like, then it just, all of a sudden it just makes it easier. It's like, and it's, that's the answer to everything. Um, can I say another story? Are we doing two Please? stories? I love no. your stories. I'm telling you, I'm like, seriously, <laughs> like I'm, I'm back. I never went to seminary. It's one of my biggest regrets oh. in life. Because Baruch Hashem, Hodul Hashem, along came Jonathan. But I never went to step. <laughs> so when I speak to you, I'm like, wait, say more, say more. I'm like a little kid. <laughs> no, I seminar. have to just love from hearing stories. Because like the whole like, concept is that the stories is like, it's a story. But it's also a mashal and also teach us. So I recently heard this story. Um, also a story of a chassid who was in the presence of the Chosa Melublin. And he was, they were davening and the Chosa, what he was famous for, like the Chosa was that he was be able to see into people. Like the whole concept that he was able to see somebody and understand who their essence was. And he saw this year davening and he was like, oh my gosh, this, he like runs over to him and he's like, who are you? He recognized right away that he must've been like a tremendous tzaddik. He was able to like see right through him, which like sometimes like I wish I had. Yeah, and I right. think I would be too scared, right? I, I don't think I want to know. Um, people think like, oh, you're a psychologist. You understand me. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, I, I don't even like get past what you're wearing. Um, but so he goes over to him and he says, who are you? And who's your Rebbe? Like, you, you must be an incredible person. And he's like, no, nah, I don't really have a Rebbe. Like, I'm, whatever. He didn't really get into details. And he's like, no, no, no. If you don't have a Rebbe, I'm going to bring you to my Rebbe because you are an incredible person. I can see that there's something special happening here. So he brings him to his Rebbe, who was Rebeli Malach, Milizhensk, and he says, he's like waiting there online, and he's like, he's so fascinated by this huge, tremendous tzaddik that he had, and he brings him to his Rebbe, and his Rebbe looks at him, and he was like, drop turned off. 
like by who this big tzaddik that the Chosa saw was. And he's like, I don't understand. Like, I saw him, I know him. I know he's a tremendous tzaddik, but he doesn't have a Rebbe. Maybe you could be his Rebbe because like, he's an incredible person. And Rolimov is like, I, I'm not seeing what you're saying. And he was like, so confused. And he's like, can you explain to me why are you not seeing this? And he said, you know, there are four types of people. Three out of those four types of people I can help, but this guy I can't. He said, there's one person who's a Russia who doesn't know he's a Russia. Him I can help. I can help. He doesn't think he's a Russia, but I can still help him. I can, there's, there's something that I can break through with him. There's another type of person who's a Russia, and he knows he's a Russia, and I can still help him. And the third kind of person is a tzaddik who doesn't know he's a tzaddik, but I can also help bring out the best in him and make him an incredible person. But the fourth person, and this person I cannot help, and this is who this yet is, a tzaddik who is a tzaddik and knows he's a tzaddik. Ooh. Yeah. Arrogance. Like, it was like, right? It's like real, like you think you have the answers to everything. Right. And he says, you know, I don't think I could do this, but maybe my brother, together, me and my brother can help him. So he brought him to his brother, Reb Zusha, and the two, Reb Zusha and Reb Elinach, together, able to figure out a way to help this yin. Wow. But what the Chosa saw, the Chosa saw he was a tzaddik. And he was right. He was definitely a tzaddik. But knowing that you're a tzaddik and knowing that you have the answers to everything is really where all the problems start. He's like, that kind of yet I can't even help. So it made me think, like, if we think that everything in our life is perfect, that everything is going right and everything is going well, then, then, then there's nothing to change. There's nothing to do. You don't need to grow. And if the purpose of here being put down into this world is to change and is to grow and is to move and to become better people and to affect people, we can't do that if we think that everything we have is perfect. Right. So it kind of gives me hope when I'm in that slump and I'm like, not everything is perfect. Because <laughs> okay. at least I recognize that not yes. everything is perfect. Right? 100%. So I love like that. this story really got me thinking about like humility is really what, and, and, and not only humility, yeah, I guess, like really humility and not having the gaiva to say that everything I do is right and everything I do is perfect and everything is happy. So like, we're talking about positivity, but there's something like toxic positivity where people are like, everything is perfect. Everything is right. And we're not that kind of people because we're admitting that sometimes things are not, right? Sure, for sure. So, I Go on. Go ahead. I've been talking for five minutes straight and you're just no. like nodding and smiling. Beautifully. I love, <laughs> love your stories. I love your stories. We had a little uh, pizza getting notes from the kitchen. We had a little pizza I know. Like, emergency. By the way, the one good thing about coming to the studio is that nobody is behind me doing like any dances trying to get my attention. <laughs> what do they want to know? That's a long one. Yeah. Are, are we okay in the kitchen? Pizza bagel? <laughs> if they got too burnt, I'll take them. I love burnt pizza bagels. I love burnt pizza bagels. <laughs> I love everything burnt. I love everything burnt. I love, you know, tadig. Have you ever had Persian tadig? The burnt crispy part on the bottom. Have of the I pie? ever had? Do you know me? I'm always in, either in Shiraz or in Kolbe. You know, you that. know what? I'm always there because you one time tagged Shiraz and I, and I texted you. I'm like, that's ne that's not. Nice. I know you're like I'm, in my backyard. Why I'm like I'm three four blocks away. You could tell me next time. But it's like my favorite. Also, I've never eaten Persian food until I got married. And like, I'm like, Elimach. So Elimach went to Yeshiva in Baltimore and he used to dorm at this Persian family. And all, and he, like, we got married and he's like, you have to make this. I'm like, I know how to make potato kugel. And like, you know, like that was it. <laughs> Gefilte fish. And he's like, you need to make tadig. And I'm like, busy living in Israel, like cooking, like just literally figuring out how to make tadig. And now I'm saffron and oil and turmeric and. You know. I have to, I have to, Bulina, send you my tadig. 
Okay, so send me your recipe. Speaking of humility, I'm not very <laughs> humble when it comes to some things. Cooking is one of them. I'm a really good cook. Okay. I'm a horrible baker. I promise you I'm a horrible... Like, but I that, draw the line. way, baking is all measurements. Cooking I can't count. I don't have time. I don't have time to calculate and take out measuring cups and everything. <laughs> like, I just don't. I draw the line at my weekly challah. I can't bake mm -hmm. anything beyond that. But I'm like, Baruch Hashem, my cooking I love. And it's also like, when I'm in the kitchen, I blast music for cooking. Oh, we're feeding. There's Hatzala guys over. Everyone's just eating. It's just good vibes. <laughs> Belina, I have to send you my Tadig. Guys, okay, please. Heart, that recipe I'll definitely take. By a show of hearts, how many of you love Tadig and Persian food? I'm curious. <laughs> Let's see. I love it. So, no, we do Kolba a lot. And the one in Great Neck, the one in Roslyn, we go to Shiraz. But, like, it, it's just, it's also, like, they're so homey there. Like, you feel like your family there when you go. Totally. Like, I'm not pretending I'm smart even today. It's okay. <laughs> right? I'll send you. Belina, I will show you. I will definitely send you some Tadig. <laughs> okay. Um, so, Peggy, if we have to send our viewers off with some messages for the Chodesh Adar, oh, I love those hearts coming in. A little late. You guys are a little oh. late. You got the memo <laughs> late, but that's okay. Um, by the way, the recipe is on my highlights, I think. Oh, also, okay. I, someone's asking for the recipe. I believe you could also go to kosher.com. Okay, I did a whole... I, see. I cook Moroccan food. Right. Tadik thing. Um, so let's send them off with proper spiritual homework so that they know what to do for Chodesh Adar. First, let me remind you guys that, you know, it's really up to us to increase the joy. We have to decide, Hashem, I'm so content with everything. I'm so happy. Yes, by the way, thank you. It is in the Chazis 24-7 cookbook. Good call singing, Mom 9. Thank you. You reminded me. I don't even know anymore. I have no idea. <laughs> but yes. So, Misha Nichnas Adar. He who forces himself into the right state of mind will be happy and, and the joy will increase. So don't look at your cup as half full. Don't look at your cup as half empty. Thank you, Hashem, you have a cup. Okay? Mm -hmm. Thank you, Hashem, you have a cup. Whatever. Also, by the way, going much... back to that story, like if you think that your cup is full, then you have no room for growth. So it's okay to accept that I don't have everything. Like the people who grow the most and the people who are going to literally change the world are the people who are saying, I don't have everything. Right. So it's okay. Right. Like sometimes we think, oh, I'm sad because I don't have everything. Right. It's okay not to have everything. That's how you grow. Like that's how you're able to change. So that definitely that. Right. I also love the concept of if we say thank you, Hashem, for what I have and thank you, Hashem, for what I lack. Because look, um, Faye and I, we were talking about this yesterday also. I, many of you know that I had struggled with infertility for many years. I had 11 miscarriages. And my last miscarriage ended with me coming out of the OR and the, the doctor said, you know, the baby didn't make it. And they were like, you know, so you're good. You're done. And I didn't, I didn't think I was done, but they were, they were informing me that I'm done. And right then in that hospital, in that room, I, I looked up at this horrible fluorescent light-ridden ceiling. I know, oh and gosh. I looked up and I said, Hashem, thank you so much for my children. And thank you so much for the children that I didn't have. Because I know exactly how to be empathetic to anybody who struggled with infertility or with miscarriages or with uh, anything. And I think that if you know, if you're struggling with something and that's a part of your pain, remember this one sentence that I had framed on my room, on my door, when I was going through my infertility struggles, Hashem puts mountains in front of certain people so that they can climb it and then show others how to climb theirs. So 
When right. you feel like you have mountains in front of you, instead of making that feel like you have a horrible life or you have a bad lot in life or someone's out to get you or you have no mazal, no. Put on your hiking boots, climb that mountain so that when you are at the top and the view is so stunning, then if anybody comes to you for help, you can pull them in and show them, just like Feige was talking about when you're dancing the outer circle at a simcha, you pull those random people in and you create, they become unbelievable. The and then like, if there's anybody who does it, it's you, Charlene. Like your personal stories, mm -hmm. I know somebody's, somebody's saying this, but your personal stories really, really help people. And it's almost like, you wonder like, Hashem put me those in situations so that I can help other people. Like I'm right. there now, I've experienced it and I can help other people. I have like, just, this is not as big as your stories, but like just the other day, like I had this meeting for my daughter for services, for special ed services. My daughter, she was, she's in Hask and she's transitioning hopefully to a general ed classroom. And wow. they, I had this meeting with the school district where they were like, they, it was just a horrible, horrible meeting. They took away all her services. They were like, she doesn't need this, she doesn't need this. And I'm like, this is a kid that I've been fighting for since she was born. And I, I sat in my car and I just cried for 45 minutes straight. And some of my kids were in the car with me and they saw this and like, what is happening? And then when I came into work the next day and I had to do my gratitude and I'm thinking, I had the worst day yesterday. There's no reason. Yeah. I said, this is going to make me a better clinician. Like, this is what I do. Like I'm a school psychologist and I, I have run meetings and I give out the services by the parents. I'm like, and I'm thinking this will make me a better person. And I can experience what it's like to be on the other side, to be at a, to be a parent in a meeting who's told that denying of services. And I was like, hey, this just happened yesterday and I'm recognizing, right, yeah, this is one of those things I'm pulling in and now I'm gonna be able to help people more. So like, right, exactly. it was one of the hardest things that I had to experience, but it was a difficult thing that I had to experience and it made me so sad, but it's like, I'm gonna use this. I'm gonna tap into this, Deep, right? Like, exactly. Right. When we take a challenge that Hashem placed before us and not only do we not question Hashem, but we thank Hashem and we use that to grow and to, to achieve higher heights and to help others. That's when Hashem says, I challenged you. I put an Isayon, a test in front of you. And not only did you not fetch, not only did you not complain, not only did you not, you know, jump off the train, but right. you took my challenge and you thrived and you grew and you helped others grow. That is when we open up the gates of Rachamim for ourselves. And Hashem says, since I tested you and you passed with such flying colors, here's this bracha, here's that bracha, and I'm going to wow. sprinkle it with a little bit of that extra bracha. So, <laughs> See, you are a baker. I am. Little... <laughs> right. I no, am. you could do that in cooking also, but you could do both, right? So it is very powerful. Okay, so we'll recap. So we did... Chazara, we, we about... love Chazara. We love, I know, I'm always like, I need to like review. So we spoke about that the concept. Well, first of all, that is, this is a new one, but like where your negative things will really give you strength yes. is something that like, that really, like I think David Amalf very much like said in Tehillim, like all the things that he, all the difficult things that he went through, I think it's more than that. I think it's that he built into our spiritual DNA that those difficulties that he went to, we went through. Like, I, you always hear the line, like, Maisa Avo Sima Labanim. Like, why is Maisa Avo Sima Labanim? Like, what does that mean? Like, oh, it's just a cute little catchphrase, a little chazal that I learned in seminary. No, it's that when they overcame something, they built it into the DNA of the Jewish people that they now have it when they're going through challenges. So it's this incredible feeling of like, we now have all those experiences that the others went through, we now can pass it a little bit easier. But I think that as we personally go through our own things, we can pass it on to other people. It's such a powerful tool.
I, it, so it really ties in well to this your mushal of pulling in the outside circle and bringing simple. There's actually a that. song. Um, Sing it, baby. It's no, no. <laughs> Yonatan Rizal has a song where he explains this, this thing, Akfi Mashal. Maybe I'll post it. I'll post it after on Thank You, Hashem, and I'll send it to you. Where he explained, like, he, he it's like, no, not Yonatan. I think it's Aaron Rizal, maybe. Aaron Rizal, one of the Rizal brothers, where he has this song, and I never understood it. I used to, like, just hum along and pretend I sing Hebrew. And then it was like, oh my gosh, this is what these words are. They're so powerful. Sorry, Bring in. Did you say that again? I just got so scared. My Apple Watch. I just got so scared. You didn't even say Siri. Also, like, I'm in the bees with my but I just got so scared. I'm like, I'm drinking too much Perrier. That was amazing. That was Simcha right there. So that's Simcha. So, like, the idea where we bring in those things, the song is, it's a great, it makes you happy. So it's one of those niggas that will make you happy. I'll send it to you after. Okay, so in terms of Chazar, what else? Because retail therapy, though, is a real thing. Yes. It's short-lived. So, like, I always want to try to find something that stays for longer. So I just had this conversation this Shabbos with my sister-in-laws, and we were talking about, like, having designer things, and I was like... I'm very into having designer accessories because yeah. accessories will always stay with you. Like 100%. sunglasses, like dresses are not always going to fit me. Like I'm going to go up and down right. in sizes or whatever. But like if you have accessories and something that lasts forever, that's what really will bring you happiness. So exactly. physical things will make you happy for a short amount of time, but something that's more long lived will last longer, will make you happier for longer. But it's like physical things do make you happy. The gashmiut is like surface happiness. But we right. gotta build the foundational happiness before it could really, you know, rely right. on surface happiness to make you happy. Right, exactly. Right, right. And then also always dancing. Like I know like a lot of people will just put music on their house. I mean, you obviously do it. We put, we have music, my whole house is just music. There's like Same. singing, music. Which is all very day. challenging right now because my husband is an Avi Lutz. And he can't hear music for the whole year of his father's passing. Wow. So we'll be blasting the music. And then he comes into the kitchen. We all like look at each other. And I like, I turn the remote, like I mute it. And then we're all like looking around, like at the best part of the song. And I'm like, yeah, um, yeah, right. yeah, Jonathan, yeah. Are you, are you done? Can, you want to like, we're in the middle of, he's like, right. it, can I just hang out in my kitchen? I'm like, right, okay, I know. So we take the party elsewhere. We're like, guys. Let's go to the basement. Right. Where, you know. But it's interesting that you're saying that because I know we really like are gonna we're gonna end at ten thirty. We promise, and I know your family's waiting and your pizza bagels are burning. No, don't worry. They, they made a new batch. They're, they're, they made a new batch. Waiting for me. Okay, they're saving for you. They're waiting for you. No, the idea where it's okay to be sad because the Torah even tells us sometimes that like we have to be sad, right? Like in Avelos, like sitting shiva, like shloshim, all those things. It's it's something that's part of our life, but just like sadness is the breaking down. This was one of the things I said in the beginning, like sadness is the breaking down of things. It's like Harkava. It's like things just being loose ends falling all over the place. That can bring sadness. But having those pieces broken down also brings happiness. Like even though opposites, we think opposites, oil and water clashes, it makes you sad. Oil and water could also make you happy when it mixes together, when you allow it to mix together. Like beautiful music is amazing when there's highs and there's lows and there's, right, the best part of the song, right? And yeah, then yeah, yeah. back to the slow part. So there are all these parts of the music that really is what makes it beautiful. Art, how is art beautiful when it's all different, when it's all different like colors and everything, right? That's what makes it exciting and that's what makes you happy. So you have to understand that even though opposites can make you sad, Opposites, when they're brought together as a whole, really is what makes you happy. I so. love what Singing Mom just said. That's exactly it. It's okay to sit in your emotions, but you need to know that after you can be happy, 100%. Right. Every right. single one of us experiences sadness. Right. We're not, you know, I, definitely a few times a year, I go through times where I'm like, this is a really dark day. This is a really, really dark time. But 
we have to say, okay, that's that. We you got know? this. Right. Move on. Move on. Let's right. let's let's forge forward. Let's go forward. March forward with Simcha. We create our happiness. So right. remember that happiness is a right. state of mind. Happiness okay. is always a state of mind. And what else? Um, Davin, your kish. Oh, Davin. Right. Day. So davening, right. We spoke about davening and Purim for sure is a day of davening. And then also, like you said, like whatever your, whatever your way of davening is, please do it. Um, that's why her name is Singing Mom. Yeah. Um, whatever your way of davening is, whatever your root is of connect way of connecting to Hashem, then you should do that on that day. But also the davening is part of that humility piece. Like I realize I don't have everything. I realize I don't have access to everything. So I need you Hashem in that. Exactly. Right. Um, what else did we cover? I think we're good. We and did. writing down things, writing we down did. notebooks. Right, gratitude. gratitude. Constantly expressing your gratitude to Hashem if you want to make a right. folder on your phone or physically write it down. Um, right. But also just, I think, finding different methods of snapping yourself out of the funk. Like, if you like funny memes, create <laughs> funny memes. We I have, have a group. get on this funny meme list of yours we have that you thing, said. We have a WhatsApp group. It's called No Talking, Just Laughing. So you're not allowed to talk in there. There's no, hey, is anybody going from great neck to five downs and can take this off? There's none of that. <laughs> There's no like, is there busing today? None of that. It is just hysterical, right. ridiculous memes. So oh yeah. Maybe I should oh. join it. <laughs> if you would like, I'll put you in. It's actually amazing. I like that. No talking just means because the talking is like where you're like, oh, you know, all that stuff, yeah, right? Exactly. Right. Okay. Anyway, guys, that Shireen, was so thank fun. you so much. This My was greatest so nice. Pleasure. My greatest um, pleasure. I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoy your burnt pizza bagels. It was so nice. And yes, Jonathan's waiting for you. Don't forget to book a time with him. I promise you, um, he, he slid me a message. I promise yeah. you. Okay, fine. And also, everyone should stay tuned because um, I know you're doing some stuff now. Thank you, Hashem. I'm also going to be doing a small series now on Purim, like a short mini series on Purim. So stay tuned for that. I think yeah. I'm going to do it recorded here in this studio just because it's should. so much fun here. And it's, it's quiet. It's the place so. to be. Yeah, it's really nice. I know Yako's waiting for me upstairs. I was like, that's so nice that he stayed here so and it nice. worked out. Um, and I just wish you all a wonderful, wonderful Adar. This Tuesday yes. is Perm Katan. So we get like a short little taste of it. So you get to try it out. And you could just like practice all these things. Um, and hopefully you should all have an amazing, amazing month of mm -hmm. Adar Shani. And mm -hmm. Perm is a real time for Gula to come. And Amen. Huge day to Davin, and we need that. So yeah. thank you all for joining. And Bye. this will be saved. This will be saved. <laughs> you should all be blessed with a sweet, happy, amazing week, month, year, life. And Amen. let's bring Mashiach. Amen. Thank you so much. Okay. Love you all. I'll see you, thank you baby. So good Bye. to see you.